Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Welcome to the show. How you doing today? We've got uh, a lot to get to. I, I want to start off the show by just saying... Something that has weighed very heavy on all of our minds for uh, decades. If you've been alive decades like I have, uh, you know, you've always thought, you know, maybe Keith Richards should uh, take care of his health a little bit better. Well, you'll be glad to know that he has actually quit smoking after 55 years. Yeah, Keith Richards quit smoking. He says that uh, I had more air in my lungs and my voice. Uh, now, he gave up his heroin habit in 1978. I know, hard to believe, right? Uh, he eventually stopped using cocaine after an accident in 2006 in which he fell out of a tree uh, requiring brain surgery <laughs> and a metal plate in his skull. He goes, I've given up everything now, which is a trip in itself. Yeah. He also joked uh, the secret to his longevity was treating his body like a temple by only taking high-quality drugs. But uh, he finally, and, and I know you and I were just hoping, 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 when is this guy going to quit smoking? Because it's going to kill him. I mean, he, this smoking thing is just going to kill him. Well, at 78 years old, he has finally given up smoking. And I swear, I, I want to know what sort of DNA. That we've got to save his DNA like a mosquito from a, uh, you know, embedded in an, an amber fossil. We've got to take Keith Richards' uh, DNA and do something with it. And I don't care if uh, things are cloned looking like Keith Richards, but they'll live forever and they can do anything to their bodies and it won't matter. So that's kind of big news. Also, one of the worst investments in the history of mankind. Did you hear about this? Tom Brady, of course, uh, said, uh, what, about two or three weeks ago that he was going to retire from the NFL. So this guy said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and just buy the football that he threw his very last time when he was in the NFL. So he uh, paid $518,000 for Tom Brady's final touchdown pass football, and uh, and he bought the thing, and he made the thing at uh, 10.39 p.m. on Saturday night, a total of $518,000 with taxes. 21 hours later, Brady sent out a tweet, said, I've realized my place is on the field and not in the stands. So the guy who bought the football, the value of the football went from $518,000 to $20,000, just 4% of the sale price. So <laughs> one thing that's going up in value, and maybe you should buy right now and just have it, is uh, gasoline. 22% uh, increase in value in the last two weeks, a uh, record of $4.43 uh, cents per gallon, and it's, uh, it's not Joe Biden's fault. I just want you to know that. So uh, there you go. That exceeds uh, 32 cents, the prior all-time high of $4.11 since uh, set in July 2008 when Barack Obama was the president of the United States. Yeah, price of the pump is $1.54 higher than it was a year ago. I don't know where they get these numbers because uh, where I am, it's a lot higher than that. But here is, of course, uh, this is uh, Joe Biden yesterday uh, nonsensically blaming record gas prices and inflation on Vladimir Putin. And now, second big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin and gas prices. Not a joke. Not a joke. Whatever he says, whatever he says, it's not a joke. It means that he's, uh, it's something so ungodly, unbelievable, you're going to laugh at it. Um, and it's untrue, by the way. So 
There you go. Nationwide, the highest price for regular-grade gas, San Francisco, which, you know, if you can go to the 7-Eleven and step over the uh, heroin needles and piles of human feces, you'll pay $5.79 a gallon. The lowest average is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at three eighty per gallon. And if you're kind of wondering why hamburgers, like, displayed in a jewelry case now, <laughs> you know. They should. They should have. Maybe that's that's the new smash and grab. Is a bunch of people just going into Walmart and just grabbing a hamburger and running out? Well, they've done it with steaks. I'm not kidding. So the average price of diesel is also up a dollar eighteen, five twenty a gallon. Diesel costs two dollars and eleven cents more than it did one year ago. And for those of you who don't know, these big old things called tractor trailers, uh, they haul everything that you own. And by the way, an oil executive has rejected Joe Biden's blame. Uh, The White House is slow-walking permits for energy development. Is this a surprise? Because the president wanted to end all drilling on federal lands. He he campaigned on it, by the way. Uh, Dan Eberhardt is the chief uh, executive officer of Canary, an oil field drilling and production services company. And a slow issuance of permits for oil resource development is a bottleneck restricting the oil and gas industry's development. Uh, what the Biden administration essentially has done now that Jen Psaki's saying, now they got 9,000 permits just sitting on 9,000 permits. I mean, I can't understand why they would decide to not to pump oil out of the ground here, which would be enormously cheap, and rather go over to hostile regimes and ship it across an ocean and get it back here to a port where they refine it, then send it back to where the oil is under the ground. You know, kind of nonsensical that way, <laughs> a little bit stupid. But it's like the federal government does this. They they say, make it so. We want every car in America to be electric, make it so. It's like say, the government says, okay, you put you in a round room and tell you to go pee in a corner. That was one of those expressions my dad used to use. It says, we don't care how you do it, but go into the round room and find a corner and pee in it. All right? This guy from uh, Dan Eberhard from Canary uh, says um, the Biden administration got a moratorium on drilling on federal land. They're not allowing pipelines, which, given what's going on with some clearing rules, makes it harder to drill in certain places, you see, because when you drill a hole and the oil comes up and you've all seen that gusher of, of uh, uh, black gold spewing into the air, you know, like in uh, uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, although it just kind of seeped out of a swamp there. But uh, you got to figure out a way to get that oil somewhere so they can refine it. You see, and then they were frying it, and they divided into a couple of different things: fuel oil and gasoline, and I don't know what else. I don't know all of this stuff, but I know a few things about the oil industry, uh, and it's not cost effective to get it there by truck. And uh, to get it there by truck, you have to burn fossil fuel because there are no tractor trailers that uh, run by electricity. So uh, it is a joke. It is a a joke, and a president, and everybody knows it. By the way, everybody knows that the president is uh, full of it. Sixty-eight percent, brand new poll. And if Joe, what Joe Biden is saying is true about everything's Vladimir Putin's fault and he didn't do anything, then why do sixty-eight percent of Americans say the country is headed on the wrong track? Is it because we are all being uh, misled by you know the very few conservative mainstream media outlets out there? It must be because of Newsmax, my network. That's what it is. Newsmax is sixty-eight uh, percent of the American uh, people. Are, uh, are getting their cues from my, uh, and I'd love to believe that, actually, because I, I really love working there, and I have a really excellent show. It's a comedy show. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World. But anyway, 68% of Americans say the country is headed on the wrong track under Biden with rampant inflation and gas prices soaring. Now, this is despite the fact that all of the mainstream media, big social media, and these influencers, these influencers on TikTok, which we'll get to very shortly, 
uh, says that everything is perfectly fine, and they'll be perfectly fine saying that whatever Joe Biden says or the Biden administration says that is untrue about the country's troubles, they will parrot because they're either being threatened or paid, one or the other, or they're just dumb kids, and I think that's a good share of it. Numbers show they blame Biden as, and it is his administration. And you know why they do that? Um, because it's the fault of the Biden administration. There you go. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty much that simple. Uh, Wall Street Journal poll says a majority of voters, uh, 63% said they disapproved of Biden's handling of the high costs they face worst rating among the six policy issues in the poll. These numbers are a little hard to uh, digest. But what is not hard to digest is going to the grocery store. And as a woman named Carol called me last week, and where groceries used to cost $100, they cost $194 for the same stuff, and now she has to choose between medicine and groceries. So, But don't worry. Uh, what's coming next will be another stimulus package to help you pay for your groceries because of out-of-control inflation caused by Vladimir Putin. You think I'm joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Sebastian Gorka actually was on Newsmax yesterday, and Donald Trump had a, a great address this weekend, which almost nobody knew about because none of the mainstream media was talking about it at all, except for my network. Newsmax actually uh, had the event live, and, of course, our numbers were absolutely gigantic. But here is uh, Donald Trump talking about why Russia didn't mess with him when he was in office, and then uh, Sebastian Gorka's response. This could lead to World War Three. I see what's happening. Because if you think Putin's going to stop, it's going to get worse and worse. He's not going to accept it. And we don't have anybody to talk to him. You had somebody to talk to him with me. Nobody was ever tougher on Russia than me. I'm the one that stopped the pipeline. I had it stopped. I'm the one that put all the sanctions on. And I'm the one that he didn't attack during our administration. Yeah, weird. All true, Dr. G. It's like the president said three weeks ago at CPAC. I mean, just just. Forget politics, a statement of history. He is the only president in this century who, under his watch, Russia didn't invade anybody. But wait, 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 the, the media said he was a warmonger. He was going to start a war. George W. Bush, Georgia, Obama, Crimea, Biden, the rest of Ukraine. But for four years, he didn't invade anybody because Donald Trump was the president. That is a statement of fact, Grant. You just don't mess with him. That's uh, that's basically it. You just don't mess with them. The know. fake news said my personality would get us into a war. I'm telling you, that guy's going to get us into a war. Yeah. But actually, my personality is what kept us out of war. Even Trevor Noah on Comedy Central said that, like, this weekend. Dr. Gorka is here. Your response about his personality and keeping us out of war. Absolutely crucial. He's an alpha male. He's a strong man who believes in America. When you have a senile old man who doesn't believe in America, things happen that are bad. Countries get invaded. Our consulate gets shelled. Or yeah, and, and that's the thing. We live in a very cruel world. I, I like to uh, make fun of the song Give Peace a Chance. is the dumbest song ever written, although much to the consternation of uh, some baby boomers who are huge fans of John Lennon. <laughs> You can give peace a chance all you want, but you see, there are a bunch of people in the world who want to give war a chance all the time. That's the problem. Oh, Jen Psaki now is, uh, you know, they said that the sanctions that were going to prohibit Vladimir Putin from invading Ukraine and then said 
Uh, well, we didn't say that we were going to do them before he went into Ukraine. Now she's saying that the uh, sanctions on Russia would probably never have been 100% effective. Prior to February 24, yeah. the president, uh, our NATO allies, and the EU were embarked on a deterrence project. That's exactly the word that you and other senior U.S. officials used at the time. Quite clearly, the invasion was launched on the 24th of February, and so we can say as a factual matter that that deterrence project failed. Is it the view of the White House that Mr. Putin could not be deterred by any set of steps, or are you willing to concede that perhaps some other set of steps by the president and our allies might have deterred the invasion? Uh, you know, James, I would say that when... That is James Rosen, a journalist who now works for Newsmax. We put in place the threat of sanctions and the threat of consequences. Uh, we never thought that that would be uh, fail-proof uh, or that would be 100% effective. How about in any way, shape, or form effective? Because I don't think they were at all any way, shape, or form effective. Right? Can we all kind of agree? Like what, he would have dropped one less bomb. <laughs> Honestly, uh, you know what? I think we're only going to take over all well, except for one city. There's a small town in northern Ukraine. We'll leave that one alone because of the sanctions, the uh, the terrible, terrible sanctions of uh, the Biden administration. Yeah. Potassium iodide tablets are selling out in the United States over fears of nuclear war with Russia. Fourteen dollar packets now selling for one hundred forty nine dollars on eBay. Americans are now panic buying. Potassium iodide tablets over fears of a possible nuclear war with... Are you really? Really? Are you? Are you? Are you... Really? See, there's a problem with this. If you're vaporized, uh, you wouldn't be able to take the tablets because you'd be vaporized. Um, The pills counteract the effects of radiation poisoning, but taking too many can be extremely dangerous. Anyway, packs that normally sell for $14, $150, this is what people are doing. And then also, apparently, some people are, uh, there are some of these uh, bunker places. They're selling bunkers now because of this. So if you're trying to get potassium iodide, maybe you'll have to go to Florida like I did for my hydroxychloroquine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, hey, did you get a 21% pay increase last year or the year before? Did you get a 21% pay increase how about this? Have you ever gotten a 21% pay increase year to year? Now, maybe if you uh, change jobs, that's always a possibility. But generally, for most people, and I'm assuming for a good deal of those who 64% of Americans who live paycheck to paycheck, you probably haven't gotten a 21% increase in uh, in your pay, even though gas has gone up about, well, 40%, 45% before Vladimir Putin uh, invaded Ukraine. And you probably didn't get that in a pay increase at work. I I could be wrong. And and you know groceries have gone up. Uh, inflation is up by at, at least ten percent the last year. Some people are saying as much as twenty percent. But apparently, in the new monster spending bill that passed both sides of Congress, which is why we need to figuratively blow up Washington D.C. swamp, pave it over, and start over again. Again, figuratively. Uh, the giant spending bill that nobody gave a rat's behind about when they sneaked it through in the middle of the night and passed it without you or me knowing about it or any members of Congress reading it includes a 21% increase in wages for bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. $5.9 billion in additional funding for the allowance of the salaries of House and Senate staff, including $774 million 
for the members' representational allowance, which funds the House budgets and includes staffer salaries, and another $1.7 billion for House operations. It also forks over another $1.1 billion for Senate staffer salaries and operations and $7 million for Senate intern pay. So there you go, kids. This is why I said that I hope that the truckers' convoy chokes off Washington, D.C., and I got a lot of uh, consternation about that. You're only punishing business owners in Washington, D.C., but I need Washington, D.C. bureaucrats to live without like you and I have. I need them to take a pay cut in one year. While the bill doesn't exactly give a raise to members of Congress, uh, they uh, themselves are already earning $174,000, more than three times the um, uh, average American worker's salary of just under $52,000. Their staffers, who often serve as personal assistants, and their family members, many of whom wind up on congressional staff payroll, will all get bumps. When was the last time you got it? Wouldn't it be, oi, what would you do? Where would you go to dinner if you got a 21% increase in pay? I mean... You know, you know, Washington, D.C., they probably take their entire entourage out to, uh, you know, uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and put it on a government credit card. Meanwhile, you'd be like, hey, kids, we're going to Olive Garden. We are going to Olive Garden. Dad got a 21% increase in pay. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, that just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen very often in the private sector, but certainly, certainly, certainly it does when you work in Washington, D.C., So Joe Biden has deployed teenage TikTok stars to blame soaring gas prices and inflation on Russia. As the U.S. worst cost of living crisis in 40 years tanks, president's ratings ahead of midterms. So they're going after these kids who have the TikTok channels and everything. And listen, I, I've got an Instagram page. It's under Rob Carson Show. And a lot of the stuff I put on there just cooking and stuff. But I'm going to add more stuff to it. Because whenever I do some political stuff, my views go through the ceiling. I'm never going to do a TikTok channel just because. But, uh, but like, for instance, there's this Ellie Zeiler, 18-year-old, has over 10 million followers. Uh, and she talks about how, uh, you know, gas is so expensive. Normally, she uh, sits on a, a bathroom vanity and flashes a side boob with her hand covering, you know, the, the, the parts you can't show, uh, you know. And that gets all the views and, uh, you know, all kind of spawned by Kim Kardashian, who's a billionaire for being a... I don't know, how do I put this gingerly? Um, well, there are words I can't use that start with a W. But anyway, uh, all kind of started. We have this a group of millionaires who, as guys, really do stupid stunts. And uh, young women, they just basically uh, prostitute themselves for uh, boob shots. But anyway, they, have, uh, they hold sway with a lot of people, I guess, uh, on the old TikTok world. Here are several of the TikTok talkers who were involved <laughs> It's like woodchuck chuckers in uh, in uh, Groundhog Day. TikTok talkers talking about their uh, conference call with uh, Joe Biden here. Here we so go. I just got off of a Zoom call with the White House about the situation in Ukraine. A number of other content creators in social media and myself were invited to this event, which was on background, meaning that we couldn't record or take pictures, but we can. Dis- Boy, are these guys in for a world of hurt when they turn thirty. I mean, they are when they're no longer relevant. What, don't even, won't even make it to 30, actually. That's what we learned from it. Now, there was definitely a lot discussed. So I just had the pleasure of joining a White House briefing with a senior official from the National Security Council. And I want to talk to you about what America is doing to help Ukraine. And they said they'd kill us all unless we towed the party line. I'm just kidding. I just made that up. Because it's important to spread accurate information here. 
And I'm yes, you don't want to spread misinformation or disinformation. Just quickly say, as someone who has family in Ukraine, I am very grateful for what America has done thus far. I don't think he is uh, showing any side boob, and I don't think I want to have him do that either. Uh, Ellie Zeller, Zeller is an 18-year-old. Like I said, she has 10 million followers on uh, on TikTok, which is, by the way, a China-owned uh, organization. And uh, Degan McDowell was on Fox, and she was uh, talking about this uh, TikToker being paid to be a shill for the government. Uh, why gas prices are so high and she might be yeah. uh, rocking some false eyelashes and has her uh, fake nails on, but she's still shoveling horse manure for the Biden administration. It was the pandemic and it's Russia. And but I, I will add this. Her hairstyle seems to change as as it goes on. It goes from like middle part to right part, left part. Yeah, there's a continuity issue there. I noticed it. So it clearly took her a good a bit of time to string these semi inaccurate thoughts together. Oh, no, no. It's, it's, it's pure propaganda. Don't get me wrong. However, she did this young woman made more sense than Kamala Harris. So I don't know if this is a great strategy for the White House. And here she is, by the way. Why is the United States inflation rate at a four-time decade high? I had the opportunity to ask the White House why gas down the street is $7, and here's what they said. Here's what they said. Listen, everybody, because it's really true. The obvious reason we're getting out of a two-year pandemic, when use goes up, price goes up. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. But the, 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 the pandemic wasn't Putin's fault. They're blaming something that, that is all Putin's fault on something that wasn't Putin's fault. But the call is predominantly about Ukraine and Russia, so how does that relate? Russia is one of the top three producers of oil, and it is actually their number one revenue source. Now, with Putin starting this... I like the hip-hop music in the background. That really adds to the lies. Horrific fight between Ukraine and Russia. Nobody wants to work with him and do international trade. Yeah, well, they also forgot that we're the biggest energy producer in the world and we're no longer energy independent. Hey, guys, it's Carson. While we have every indication President Trump is planning to run in 2024, has yet to formally announce his intentions, but as you're probably aware, he's been actively holding Save America rallies with one just this weekend in Florence, South Carolina, and one this coming weekend in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. As we wait to see what's next for President Trump, Mike Huckabee is on a mission to teach our kids about Trump's achievements during the first term and his vision to save America. Governor Huckabee's team has put together the Kids Guide to President Trump, and he wants you to have it for free as part of a great free gift bundle. To get your free Kids Guide to President Trump gift bundle, I want you to go to trumpkidsguide.com. That's trumpkidsguide.com. But please don't wait. These free gift bundles have been going quickly. Grab one for your family before it's too late at trumpkidsguide.com. This is our official President Doofy theme song. Well, I was born and raised in Scranton, PA. Lifeguard by the pools where I spent my days. Till a dude named Corn Pop, who wasn't that cool, started making trouble at the swimming pool. So I took a chain, wrapped it around my legs. They were hairier than my other legs. No, not my... my black kids would touch them. Come on, man. Then I got on a train and moved to D.C. Jirak Jabrama gave a job to me. I shuffled around and sucked fingertips. Made a big speech, kissed the boy on the lips. What are you looking at? I wrote the damn bill. I hold the ladies tight and sniff all their hairs. First person American to fall up the stairs. Ran for president. I was a winner. Winner was me. 
Now I sit at my desk as a president. <laughs> not not president. You know the thing. Come on. Get your face out of your ears. All right, that is uh, Kyle Dennigan. He is a uh, comedian, He and he does uh, Joe Biden brilliantly. He does Ben Shapiro like you wouldn't believe. Also, oddly enough, Caitlyn Jenner. He, he does all those voices, and it's Kyle Dunnigan is his name. He is uh, absolutely just incredible. So I, I find it kind of funny that the party that celebrates leftism, Marxism, socialism is so willing to use the brand of Marxist or socialist to uh, go after their opponents. I, I think that's really, really rather funny. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard has been attacked by Senator Mitt Romney, and uh, he branded her a traitor over claims she'd accused the U.S. of funding bioweapons labs in Ukraine. Now, this is a lie, and I covered this the other day because it's fairly uh, complicated. And so there were some labs in Ukraine studying potentially deadly pathogens. They have not been weaponized but they still exist there, and apparently years ago they decided they were going to try and get rid of them. And that, of course, like anything associated with the government, has not happened. So they've had years and years and years and years to get rid of these uh, these pathogens, and they have not. And Tulsi Gabbard said that she was afraid that uh, uh, some of the material, the frozen pathogens, could still prove very dangerous if the labs housing them were damaged following by, uh, you know, an invasion from Russia. Now, it's interesting because uh, whenever something is so vehemently opposed, an idea is so vehemently opposed so verbally and on all fronts, whether that be by the mainstream media, by uh, Democrat or rhino politicians by big social media, it means that there's a grain of truth to it. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what these labs are all about. I know that the United States government funded research at the Wuhan lab in Wuhan, China, where COVID-19 came from. Uh, And then the, the government has been trying to cover that up ever since. I absolutely believe that. You know why? Because I'm not stupid. That said, Tulsi Gabbard made herself very clear with regard to these bio labs in Ukraine without calling them bio weapons funded by the United States. But again, the left, Democrats, Mitt Romney, among others, went bat guano crazy uh, misinterpreting what she said. And then also, by the way, the view did as well. And by the way, again, I'll say the view is the uh, Wuhan lab for stupidity in the country. Here is Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, last night she was talking to Tucker Carlson uh, about these uh, these labs and how they do exist. Senator Romney and all these different talking heads in the in the mainstream media are regurgitating Hillary Clinton's slanderous talking points. The facts remain. Number one is there. Hillary Clinton was bought and paid for by Russia, by the way, in case you didn't know. Uh, Uranium One deal, anyone while she was secretary of state. Uh, The Clinton Foundation, anyone that got one hundred fifty million dollars from Russian oligarchs for doing nothing, by the way. And then, of course, the charity folded as soon as she didn't win the election. Using me of saying that somehow there are bioweapons 
labs in Ukraine. I've said no such thing at any point. I have said that there are bio labs in Ukraine that have received U.S. support that contain dangerous pathogens that if those labs are breached, then then we in the world are facing a potential future of pandemics, that this is a dangerous crisis that needs to be addressed immediately. These pathogens need to need to be destroyed. The second thing they're saying is they deny, even though there is a plethora of evidence that exists, they deny that these bio labs are even there. Oh, they're there. Which is shocking to me that you've, we've heard over and over. You played so many clips from people in, in the mainstream media are saying these biolabs, these supposed biolabs, as though there's some fantasy when over and over and over again, officials from our own government, Department of State, Department of Defense and so on, are saying these biolabs in Ukraine have dangerous pathogens and we're very concerned that they may be breached. Now, I, I'm trying to decide why so many would go after Tulsi Gabbard so voraciously, she's no longer a member of Congress unless there's a grain of truth to what she is saying. And she's not even saying weaponized. She's not. She's just saying they exist. So when I hear things like this, it makes me kind of wonder who knows what and who's trying to cover up what. Uh, They're not only lying about this. You saw uh, headlines a couple of days ago, Tulsi Gabbard paid off by Russian agent. (laughs) What the media is, is lying about is the fact that uh, an American citizen gave my campaign a $59 contribution uh-huh. coming from a woman I've never met, never talked to, don't know, don't know anything about. But somehow they, they feel justified in saying Tulsi Gabbard is being paid off. The danger in the media lying so blatantly. Almost as bad as Hillary Clinton get $150 billion from Russian oligarchs. The American people. These so Except for it was like hundred and. $49,999,000. Called journalists less. who have a responsibility to the mm-hmm. public, is it poses a very direct threat to our democratic republic because they continue to get away with it. They continue to parrot and propagate these lies, and, and they need to be held accountable. They need to be exposed. Yeah, and here is uh, Tulsi Gabbard uh, sharing with us the left's silencing tactic for everything. Everything they label misinformation or disinformation, which was originally coined by who? Joseph Stalin in 1923, who established a department of disinformation, disinformatia, which was anything that disagrees with the government's narrative. But this is what the left and Democrats and big social media do to everybody who disagrees? Well, I think it's important to recognize that that facts exist, uh, especially in this case, facts exist, and the truth is the first casualty of war. Yeah. And so, this is exactly what we are seeing here: people who have a very specific agenda, refusing to recognize the truth, refusing to have a conversation, and instead immediately resorting to their age-old tactic yep. of silence, yep. smear, yep. Uh, and destroy the character and reputation of anyone who dares to say anything that they don't like. 100%. And that's what worked for Stalin, and that what that's what appears to be working with regard to the Democrat Party. Rhinos like Adam Kinzinger, Mitt Romney, who, I mean, honestly, wow. Uh, his political capital is about that of uh, uh, rubles at this point. <laughs> he is so done, he doesn't even know it. <laughs> Zach 
special guest on the Newsmax Hotline, Hogan Gidley, the director of the Center for Election Integrity, former national press secretary for the Trump campaign, former principal deputy press secretary at the White House. He joins us on the phone live. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Well, I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate the time. Yeah, what have you been up to lately, man? I mean, I know you're part of the uh, Center for Election Integrity, uh, and I know you probably have a lot of balls in the air with regard to that. Uh, what's 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 on your plate right now as far as what's coming up in 2022 and 2024? Well, a lot of things as it relates to election integrity. I've basically been to all of the, the key important states, the Michigan's, the Wisconsin's, Georgia, um, Texas, Virginia, North Carolina, many times to kind of sort through some of the things that they need to improve on so that we ensure that the upcoming elections aren't just free, fair, and honest, but that we kind of have laws in place that restore some of that faith, trust, and confidence that has clearly been declining in this country for decades as it relates to our elections. Both the right and the left have been complaining about it, but it seems that these state legislatures haven't done too much to fix it. Uh, well, at the very least, they've not even addressed it. So that's well, and what I'm working on now. And these, these uh, outside of the state legislatures have been changing election law just in time for, for instance, the 2020 election. Um, and that's one of the biggest things, and I, I'm sure you know this, that the biggest worry that people have in this country is that we say we're going to sweep everything in 2022, and it's fairly obvious there is a massive wave of conservatism that is sweeping the country, as was sweeping the country in 2020. Uh, and they're saying, people are saying, well, what the heck do we do to prevent another 2020 from happening? And Hogan, you may disagree, but I don't believe that the election 2020 was a free and fair election. So what are we doing and, and what, what can we do about 2022? Well, it's funny that the federal government is trying to take over the election process with their crazy bills. Uh, the Constitution is pretty clear. It gives it the right responsibility over to the state legislatures to decide how those states are going to run things. I mean, look. Um, you know, what works in Maryland may not work in Missouri, may not work in Maine, may not work in Massachusetts or Mississippi or Montana. So the state legislatures are, are figuring that out now. At least some of them are. Some of the governors are standing in the way. Uh, but does anyone for two seconds believe the same federal government advised to withdraw from Afghanistan, leaving American troops stranded, that loses more than $60 billion a year in Medicare fraud, <laughs> that just admitted to losing more than $100 billion in COVID relief funds, can somehow run your elections at the local level? It's absolutely <laughs> insane. So these legislatures have been stepping up. There are 700-plus bills in the pipeline right now. Some states have done a good job kind of shoring up the problems they saw in 2020, but a lot of them have passed laws like North Carolina, like Michigan, like Wisconsin. But then a, a Democrat governor comes in and says, no, nah, I'll just veto those. I don't think they're really good bills. Yeah. So we're running into some of those problems, but we're taking it right to the people. You can go around governors in a lot of states if you if you take it to a ballot initiative, for example, like we're doing in Michigan, Wisconsin. So we're 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 not taking we're not hitting the wall and saying, well, forget it, throw our hands up, you know, to heck with all these elections moving forward. We're going around these walls uh, with the people's support. You know, I was talking to uh, Carrie Lake. She's running for governor in Arizona the other day, and I have said since 2020, the reason why I think the 2020 election was stolen was because I'm not stupid. 
because I've done my research, and I cannot just poo-poo uh, hundreds, thousands of uh, sworn affidavits. I can't poo-poo, and maybe you can help explain why, bat- why battleground states stopped counting the votes at the same time simultaneously and started recounting the next day with 97 to 100 percent, in some cases, ballots coming in for Joe Biden, other than the fact the damned election was stolen. I've never had to explain. Carrie Lake, I asked her that question. I said, why do you think the 2020 election was stolen? She goes, because I'm a journalist, which is essentially what I said. Now, about the uh, the battleground states, which I just mentioned, and regarding uh, 2020 on a number of fronts, what are your thoughts? Well, look, I think that there's no doubt there were ir- irregularities, illegalities, um, anomalies, definitely instances of fraud. The mere fact that the press refuses to ask questions, it's like yes. they're... Their lack of curiosity is a red flag for me. They did the same thing with the Russia collusion hoax. They just ran with it without any corroborating stories, without any hardcore evidence. They just ran with it. In the same way, collectively, they're ignoring some of the instances in 2020. Now, admittedly, there were some things that came out right after the election that weren't true, that couldn't be proven. And so we're kind of operating from behind the curve here. But the fact is, uh, some of these states... Uh, as, as, as mentioned, like Arizona, kind of passing some of the laws as it relates to new photo ID uh, restrictions and regulations is good. The same thing applied in Wisconsin, banning Zuckerbucks. All those types of yes. things are, are now coming to the fore because the people are angry. And regardless of what the media says, these are wildly popular. 88% of Americans want voter rolls cleaned up. 85% want photo ID, not voter ID, but photo ID to be able to vote. 81, 82% want ballots returned to election officials by election day, and they want to ban on ballot harvesting. These are simple things you can do to begin to get people back on the side of understanding the outcome of elections. And the last thing I'll say is the left has been complaining about this too. Does anyone remember hanging chads from Florida? <laughs> now, while those dimpled chads may be replaced for ball- uh, you know mass mail-in and, and ballot drop boxes, the complaints are still valid. People are concerned it can. You just said in your promo on the way into this segment, yeah. all the things that uh, are happening can be fixed. There is a solution. The legislatures just have to get on the ball and pass the law. You know, uh, I'm thinking we're in some dangerous territory because, you know, when they try to pass election integrity laws in places like Georgia, they call them racist. Uh, I think if you try to do that in uh, in the state of Illinois, for instance, they'll call you a deadist, that you don't want dead people to vote, and that's very discriminatory against the dead. Um, let's talk about what? Zuckerberg. Let, well, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what, just, just real quick, one of my yeah. friends told me he was so mad when he found out how his parents voted in 2020 that they, they voted for Biden. He refused to go visit their graves anymore. He's not going <laughs> to take flowers to them. Yes, or anything. Yes, yes. Let's talk about Zuckerbucks because this sure sounds uh, oligarchic of someone being able to spend a half a billion dollars of their own money uh, and load up uh, uh, jurisdictions that are largely Democrat to get out unmanned ballot boxes. Let's talk a little bit about this and the potential illegality because I believe it should be if it isn't. Well, look, I think a lot of states are banning it. In fact, at the Center for Election Integrity, we just put out an interactive map where you can click on your state for some key key um, issues, some key measures that need to be in place to show you exactly where your state stands. And if you were kind of in between the categories of red, yellow, and green, green being good, red being bad, if you had passed the ban on Zuckerbucks, you got a little you got a little boost on that because that's very important. Private money should not be able to influence um, you know state governments the way they were by shifting 
resources into certain areas and not all. I mean, that's not an equal representation under the law. I think a lot of states realize that. I think there are lawsuits in the works now. More lawsuits are coming because people understand the insidious nature of, of, of that particular um, issue. And by the way, just reverse it for a second. Mm-hmm. If, if Zuckerberg had spent that much money and Trump had won and we put all those ballots in their areas, what do you think the Democrats would be saying right now? Well, of course. It, and my, my good friend Chris Plant says if it weren't for double standards, liberals would have no standards at all. Uh, let's mention, by the way, we are talking to Hogan Gidley, uh, director uh, for the Center of Election Integrity. Um, the nursing home uh, scandal in Wisconsin, which was just uncovered and not covered by the press, where 91 nursing homes, there was 95 to 100 percent uh, voting participation in nursing homes where uh, a good share of the uh, the residents have no idea who their relatives are, let alone be able to, to, to take care of themselves. What's happening along that front? Is there anything happening at all? Yeah, and that comes on the back of, of the Racine County Sheriff exposing the fact that um, they basically, the, the Wisconsin Election Commission ignored the law and gave guidance to nursing homes saying they no longer needed, because of COVID, in scare quotes, yeah. Because of COVID, they no longer needed election officials to gather those votes and help the yeah. residents. You could actually use workers in the nursing homes to yeah. do it. So, shockingly mm-hmm. enough, the Racine County Sheriff also found a lot of the people who voted, um, their children came forward, their relatives came forward and said, this person's incapacitated. This person didn't have the mental acuity to, to do anything for themselves, much less cast a ballot. How did that happen? Then you find out the news story, as you just said, of the 91 nursing homes as well, it's a big problem. And I think the people are starting to see this. The fact the media refuses to cover it again is always problematic. But my argument is don't worry about the, the, the national press. I mean, the Foxes, the MSNBCs, the CNNs, some, some of these outlets, Newsmax, some of these outlets are a whole lot better than others. But these fights are going to be won at the local level. Focus on your local newscast. Those are the folks who are going to cover a sheriff that is basically – breaking news information about corruption going on in nursing home voting situations. And so that's kind of where we're focused as well, because that's where those outlets are closest to the people in those communities that these policies affect. Now, let me, uh, one more question here I want to ask you, um, since you were very involved with being press secretary. uh, If you, for instance, with uh, Donald Trump in office and you being in charge of uh, media relations, if you did a, a conference call, a Zoom call with 30 um, TikTok influencers and gave them talking points, which they immediately regurgitated to their followers. Don't you think that the Trump administration would get a little heat for that? Well, first of all, we got heat for everything, so I don't yeah, know yeah. that that's necessarily uh, <laughs> yes, news-breaking. Yes. But look, do I think it's wise to try and get TikTok influencers to peddle your message? Sure. Why not? I mean, the media usually carries your water pretty well. Why not get influencers and try to inculcate the young people who are so cool and hip that get all their news from TikTok? Why not do that? The problem is when TikTok influencers take what the White House says and tries to cram it down the throats of the American people, they're going to receive the same backlash, I think, that the media did and that the left has received when they're trying to blame all these problems on Vladimir Putin. Let's be clear. Inflation and gas prices? Yeah. The administration blamed covid for that for a long time yeah. then they blame supply crisis supply chain crisis yeah. then they blame putin they can't get their story straight no one believes it because it's the american people who feel the the brunt 
of these bad policies. You can't tell them this is Vladimir Putin's fault when they were feeling it way before they even heard of the uh, heard of Ukraine. Yes, and by the way, nobody was blaming uh, three months or four months or five months or six months or eight months into the Biden administration uh, inflation and gas prices on Vladimir Putin. It didn't happen until last Monday. It didn't happen till last Monday when Joe Biden ultimately, after everybody said he was the last person to shut off oil imports from Russia, and I said they were going to use this and they were going to blame Putin for everything. Real I was quick, 100% right. Yes. Remember, inflation itself, though, they said it wasn't happening. Then yes. they said it was transitory. <laughs> then they tried to tell you it was good for you. Yes. Then all of a sudden they said it was COVID's fault. Then they said it was supply chain. And now they're saying it's Putin's fault. Yeah. And they can't yeah. get it right. Yeah, it's like uh, Snuffleupagus on uh, Sesame Street when they first started. Nobody could see him but Big Bird. Uh, well, we got to run there, Ogan. Uh, <laughs> where can people find you on the interweb? The interweb. Thank you, Al Gore, for inventing it. Uh, you can find me at J. Hogan Gidley, at J. Hogan Gidley, for all the latest news and information for election integrity, and also a few, of course, tippy comments every now and then from myself on the news of the day. All right, my brother. Have a glorious uh, day. We'll have you on again soon, okay? Anytime. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.